Whenever you're ready. Welcome to Reggie Public Library's official podcast, Part of the Story. I'm Shannon LaRondell, and we're joined with Claire Brown. Hi, hello, Claire. Hello, hello. <laughs> and we're discussing all things about Red Deer Reads coming up. Red Deer yes. Reads 2021, the library book program, the community, what do we call it? The community- Community-wide book club. Book club, right. Yes. Yeah. So and we got Deer... new titles, right? We do. So before we like get into the new titles, we'll tease that for a little bit later. And I'm sure some of pe- some of our listeners have already seen them on our social medias or perhaps in our paper links. But we thought that we would talk a little bit about the history of Red Deer Reads, a little bit about the first episode of this pod, and then <laughs> get into the titles for this year and what Red Deer Reads is going to look like in 2021 because pandemic obviously <laughs> a little bit different that'll be interesting because I don't know how 2020 went so that's we didn't do one in 2020 spoiler alert <laughs> yeah. so Good we started the program I had to go back in my emails um so I had done some research for this originally in October well I guess September 2019 um, because when Sage and I started this podcast for the first time, we did an episode on Red Your Reads. To date, it is our shortest podcast, and it is the only one that we've ever scripted 100%. And I think you can tell when you're listening to it. <laughs> so it wasn't uh, a, a good choice, not a pro choice? I don't think scripting is our way, and maybe our listeners would wish that we were a little bit more scripted, but I like... <laughs> I like the conversational tone and to record that one for Sage and I, because we are so conversational and I think Shannon, you're conversational as well. It took us, I want to say 12, 12 records to like really figure it out and to, you know, and then to edit it. It was, it was painful and it's our shortest one and it should not have taken us that long. But it was really hard to do it scripted. So we changed it up afterwards to be like, these are our topics. These are the things we sort of want to hit on. And then we'll just get there sort of organically versus like, here's the script. You go, I go, you go, I go. So I'm sure going back and listening to it, which I have not done. Oh. <laughs> Proud uh, moments in history is a really hot topic right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like. I'm so happy for the podcast. I'm happy that we started it when we did, but going back and listening to that episode, I'm not sure that I'm emotionally prepared for. <laughs> okay. It's like looking at yourself from your teenage photos. Like, come on, you yeah. can't. That You were rocking it at the time, but now looking back, it's hard. It's hard yeah. to witness. <laughs> <laughs> so because of that um, first podcast, I had all of this research done for Red Deer Reads and some things we hit on and some things we didn't um, just because we didn't really know what we were doing. We really didn't know how we were going to set up the podcast. So it's a little bit different. So I thought that we would talk a little bit about the past books that were on the short list for Red Deer Reads. Just a quick rundown because our listeners may want to add them to their to be read lists Mm -hmm. and then also sort of highlight the winners of those years. So Red Deer Reads started in 2015. There were five shortlisted books, um, An Inconvenient Indian by Thomas King, Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel, The Gargoyle by Andrew Davidson, The Shore Girl by local author Fran Kimmel from Lacombe, and then also An Astronaut's Guide to Life by Chris Hadfield. So that year, our first year, our inaugural winner 
was Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel. And we were, we were fortunate enough to, we've had all the authors come for a visit, um, but Emily St. John Mandel came to Red Deer in October of that year. And we had a great author visit, great author event. So like, it really started Red Deer Reads Off, I think on a good foot. And it was a fancy event. It was at the Will Kilkelad Center, right? Like I remember going and it was just, I felt so fancy and uh, it was just a spectacular author presentation. And yeah, it was very nicely done. It just felt like super special, right? So then we continued that. So in 2016, um, we again had five uh, titles and they were The Outside Circle, which is a graphic novel by Patty Labucane Benson and illustrated by Kelly Mellings, uh, both Alberta locals. Um, then we had 15 Dogs by Andre Alexis, The Masked Truce by Kelly Armstrong, which a lot of people would know Kelly Armstrong for her um, adult series that she has, her paranormal series primarily. This was a young adult book. We also had The Mountain Story by Lori Lanzins. I always, I feel like I screw up her name every time, Lanzins. <laughs> and then Open Heart, Open Mind by Clara Hughes. Um, and that year, the winner was The Outside Circle by Patty Lebouquet Benson and uh, illustrated by Kelly Mellings. And that was a super special year. I don't know if you remember, Shannon, we had really cool t-shirts designed yes. by Kelly Mellings. He yes. came down and did a um, sort of storyboarding program for Yeah, teens. like art. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, young adults that were interested in perhaps getting into the graphic novel uh, illustration field, which was like super cool. And then like an extra little bonus that we didn't expect. Um, so that was super fun. And again, we had a great, um, launch party at the Timberlands branch and a fantastic presentation from Patty and, um, Kelly at the WEC at the, I can't say the Willica clad. Well, well, oh, now you've got me mixed up. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll call it, we're going to call it the WEC. <laughs> Okay. Um, so that was fantastic. And then in 2017, um, we started switching to three titles in 2019. Um, so our five uh, shortlisted finalists for 2017 was Fishbowl. We're All in This Together by Amy Jones, Wolf Winter by Cecilia Eckback, Juliet's Answer by Glenn Dixon, and Wonder Women by Sam Meggs. That year, the winner was We're All in This Together by Amy Jones, um, Mm -hmm. an Ontario author, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Mm -hmm. In 2018, we decided to go to like a biannual Red Deer Reads format so that we could really um, highlight those books in that year without always thinking, what's the next? What's the next? Um, So 2018, no Red Deer Reads. And then in 2019, um, we had Aisha at Last by Uzma Jalaluddin. A Good Wife by Samra Zafar, Life on the Ground Floor by Dr. James Maskalik. And he won uh, that year for Life on the Ground Floor, which was our nonfiction pick that year. Um, I think A Good Wife was a memoir as well. Aisha at last holds a really special place in my heart, though, Shannon. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. No. So I love that author. First of all, I follow her on Twitter and she is just lovely on Twitter. And she has interacted with me more than once, which makes me feel like super special. But it's a retelling. It's like a Pride and Prejudice retelling that takes place in Toronto. And all of the characters are like of Muslim faith. So it's a contemporary romantic retelling of Pride and Prejudice. And I am in love with that book. It's so good. 
Um, she has a new book that just came out this last spring called Hannah Khan Carries On. And it is another sort of retelling like Jane Austen style. Just like, ugh, I just love her so much. So I would have loved to meet her. James yeah. Miss presentation was excellent um, and all that kind of stuff. Just personally, I would have loved to have met her in Red Deer. Of course. How many votes <laughs> did you try to cast? Uh, I did try to cast a lot. Unfortunately, <laughs> I also tried to convince a lot of people to cast, but. That year, I didn't read any of those. I don't know. I think personally things were going on in my world and I was not reading the volume of books that I normally do. Sometimes yeah. that happens. You kind of fall oh, off the sure. bandwagon and it just seemed like you know, they would come and, uh, you know, waiting on hold for some of them and then they would come. And then I already sort of had a stack and I knew people really wanted them. So sometimes, you know, you can't renew them anymore uh, if there's other people waiting. So it yeah. just seemed, it just didn't work. It not one of those titles worked that year for me. Not one. Yeah. It just wasn't the time, right? Like That's right. sometimes yeah. they come in at the wrong time and you're like, I want you, but not now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yes. Um, we have, before we get into 2021 picks, which we will get into momentarily, um, we do have multiple formats of all of the books of the top three for our Red Deer Reads titles. Um, so definitely get into that. In 2020, we did not have Red Deer Reads. We didn't plan to have Red Deer Reads because it was uh, the off year, quote unquote. Um, yeah, so that sort of worked out okay. Yeah. Or like how life worked out in 2020. Um, but yeah. we are very excited to get back to it for this year but it's going to look a little different obviously. I think that's exciting though because yeah. why not change is good we've had a similar platform all the way through and mm -hmm. now we can change it up and make it hopefully more accessible which is yes. nice right well and With what's interesting is, yeah. what is interesting is that people who maybe want to engage with the program but they can't make it there on Wednesday at seven o'clock a lot of our stuff now is recorded. You can view at your leisure. Um, you can still interact with the posts or post your questions or whatever at a time that is convenient for yourself, which I think has been a really great thing about programs is being able to, I'm interested in that thing. I will save it for later when I have the moment versus I need to work out my entire schedule to figure out how I'm going to be there in person. Yeah. yeah. And so there's that, which is nice because there's a lot of things that you can do when you're ready to do them. Mm -hmm. But I also find that our schedules, maybe for some people it has already, but not, not quite yet in my personal experience, but my calendar hasn't filled up. So I yeah. find that I'm far more available for lots of things right now because I can, I haven't filled it all up, which one would have to be very careful that one doesn't overfill one's yeah. plate because then we run into the same problem I was experiencing before pandemic, this go, 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 busy, busy, busy. So yeah. I need to kind of keep in mind that I want to be a little more available for all these opportunities that just show up and not solidly committed over and over and over again. So mm -hmm. that's my little pandemic challenge, the <laughs> post pandemic challenge that I have to be paying more attention to, but you're right. It's nice to be able to try all the things for you know whenever at one yeah. in the morning if you really want to <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so this year if you have not seen our posts or perhaps if you didn't write them down when you did see our posts our three uh shortlisted titles for this year um are as follows the skin we're in by desmond cole 
Why Birds Sing by Nina Burkout and By Chance Alone by Max Eisen. And Max Eisen's book By Chance Alone was also the Canada Reads winner in 2019. So some of our listeners slash read your public library readers might be familiar with that one already. So Desmond Cole, let's get into his book first. Sure. Um, So Desmond Cole's book sort of really took off, I would say, last summer in terms of popularity in terms of how many people were really sort of seeing it engaging with it etc um during sort of the height of the black lives matter movement and protests in the summer of 2020 i think a lot of went to look for authors who are in the space um speaking from lived experience and um desmond cole canadian obviously from uh the toronto ontario area but interestingly Mm -hmm. enough grew up in some years here in Red Deer so like a little sort of um, mix there of like Red Deer and um, so his book is entitled um, or the subtitle I should say is A Year of Black Resistance and Power so Shannon and I have both uh, either read it or are are currently reading it so we thought we would give a little bit of a rundown of what it is we're not trying to sway anyone's votes we may have our favorites but it's more an informational fact-finding podcast um, well, than yeah, anything else. Because, because I think sometimes, like we just alluded to, that some years you can read lots and some years you can't. And yeah. it's helpful to sometimes have someone else have, just give you a little synopsis <laughs> or how that made me feel. And then yeah. if you only have an opportunity to read maybe one, that will help you narrow it down. You can still be a participant then in the whole Red Year Reads but maybe not be someone who could cast a vote, but that's okay, right? Like it's- Or vote, read the one that you find interesting sure. and vote for it. Absolutely. Or read the one that you find interesting, don't have time for it maybe now, but would love to see the author in person. There is that's no, true. there's no rule. Like, so And you don't definitely. have to have read it before you come and see the author. I Absolutely think not. A lot of people think, oh, I never read it, so I shouldn't go. But yeah. I think that's totally false yeah it'll inspire you more after using the author so you don't always have to have read that author before going to see the author I learned that firsthand and it's just as pleasant to meet that author and listen to them before even reading their books than it would be to come armed with all of the facts about them and having read their titles so don't and I think some ways fulfilling in another way right because you're coming into it without any of your preconceived what it will be and then you'll hear about the work you'll hear like I just I love the author presentations that we have had for Red Deer Reads we've had great author presentations across the board we've been you know grateful to have many authors of all different types and genres come to the library Um, and I love author presentations because yes it is about their work but it's a grander story too about how they got there or how they interact with their work or what they feel about it now or or whatever like it's always evolving it's not just this is the story the end absolutely and it gives you a little more insight into who the artists are right like Mm -hmm. they're creators and it's not just about their title it's about who they are as people and what they bring to it and and how they interact in their communities and obviously our red deer reads people are people who are close by like desmond cole being born here in red deer that's pretty you know that that's really close to home so it is neat and yeah it's a nice little like tether to like our our world our small corner of the world to this book 
that has just sort of blown up over the last year or so yeah. it's just yeah and it's it is mentioned in the book red Year alberta is mentioned in the book so that's like, right so then therefore somebody yeah. must be based yeah. on I, I appreciated the whole book because I I have to admit I was one of the ones at the beginning that said oh we don't have as bad of a problem in Canada I yeah. fully admit that I am ashamed to say it but it's true and um I that comes from a very privileged seat I realize and I have been totally schooled <laughs> through this book and it's inspired me to read others um for sure and i i have learned very carefully about the underlying currents that we have um and and maybe it's not quite so big profile because we don't have the same type of media outlets either yeah um and so that could be conceived as maybe less of a problem just because we're not hearing about it as it's much. not as loud yeah that's right. But it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So yeah. I that was very helpful for me. I appreciated his voice and I listened to the audiobook and it's so his voice telling the story, <laughs> yeah. which is brilliant. I always find that that's way better of a way to experience it. Yeah. Um, because you you hear all the tones and the emotion and the inflection and what they're trying to get across becomes just way more important somehow. Yeah. So it's a yeah, more intimate experience to hear an author read their own works to you as though it's just the two of you and they're telling Almost. you a story. And um, yeah, I love when non like nonfiction books or memoirs are read by the authors themselves yeah. because it does add yeah. a little a little something to the experience. I also listened to um his book and i would recommend it too i mean if you want to read it i would absolutely recommend that as well but the experience of mm -hmm. the audiobook was quite special and yeah. i wouldn't always recommend an audiobook sometimes i don't like a narrator i don't like you know the format of it yeah. or whatever and i prefer to read the book but i do think yeah. if you're looking at both options and you're like eh, i don't really have a preference go audiobook i would yep yeah yeah i for sure would and i found that being nonfiction, sometimes um, a concern can be that there's just so many facts and mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard to absorb all the facts just listening and it, I almost feel like sometimes reading about percentages and, and all that is very important um, for a written, you know, uh, visual kind of cues for me, but I found that this, how he um, puts his facts across aren't aren't so by the numbers. I mean, there is, yeah. there's lots of, you know, uh, percentages and, and um, estimates and stuff like that, that he has there, but it didn't come across as schooly or no. um, hard to digest. It was like you said, a conversation, like he was speaking to me as an actual, you know, person, not lecturing in a class or something like that. And yeah. it was, it was easy to, to take in. Yeah. And so for those who are not familiar with the sort of setup of the book, it doesn't have chapters, it has months. So mm -hmm. it's a year of black resistance and power. So we start in January and we go through to the following January and sort of what happened in those months or what was highlighted in those months or you know different things that happened 
but really like a lot of those things I was not personally familiar with again speaking from a place of like privilege it doesn't affect my daily life Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you know the media is not the same so a lot Mm -hmm. of those things I was hearing either for the first time or for the first time in depth right like you'll hear something sort of just like you know a little bit on the surface and you're like oh like that seemed you know bad wrong I'm interested in what happened there but then something else catches your attention because sometimes I'm a magpie and then Mm -hmm. you forget to go back and like you know look into the world for yeah, yeah do the work so um not that I want everyone to do the work for me but this book, it's always handy <laughs> yeah but like Desmond Cole really gets into it with uh like what these things mean and sort of a small scale to these people that it's happening to but then also on a large scale of what that means for what we're accepting in our societies broader so, implications yeah absolutely so I do find, I did find that to be, it was just very engaging. His narrative yep. style was engaging. His, his yep. voice was engaging. Just like, it was very, I don't want to say easy to listen to because like it's hard subject matter, but Absolutely. it wasn't a chore to go back to be like, oh, I need to listen to the next part or I want to finish no. it up for the podcast. It was like, oh gosh, I like, I, I can't be on it right now. Cause I have to go do something else, but then I'm gonna come back yeah. to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like oh, it was that so. type. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, a hard breath of fresh air. Like mm-hmm. I was happy to hear the information because it gave me much more perspective on oh, yeah. all of it, all of the subjects. So some of the bigger subjects that he talks about are definitely the black lives matter movement. Um, he talks a lot about police in general, Um, you know, their relationship to schools and pride. um, I was very surprised about some of the stuff with police in schools. Yeah. That I I wasn't familiar with. It wasn't in my like frame of reference at all. Um, Again, you know, super privileged not to, not to know that stuff really, Uh, but happy to know it now. Well, and I think that's it. I think, you know, listening to some of this stuff has brought me along on my journey and I'm not ashamed to say I'm on that journey. I'm learning. I'm certainly coming from a place that doesn't have a lot of interaction with some of those heavy, hard subjects. And unfortunately, so I think I would be a better person knowing more about it and being more involved in it. And, um, definitely he brought me along and educated me um and and a lot of that stuff is really um hard to hear yeah but so important and he just does it in a way that makes you want to activate you know like I know he's an activist he's a political activist and uh, but it almost is inspiring to to be more of an ally for all sorts of people right yeah I I like that part it didn't make me afraid it didn't make me scared to no. be in my world now it wasn't like that oh my no, god no, no. How horrible yeah. it is it, it wasn't that at all it was very uplifting yeah because it was like this could be better it was yeah. like the moral of the story was these things are happening to recognize that these things are happening so that these things can be changed and the more yeah. people that know the louder the voices are to make those changes the more likely that those changes will occur I did find it quite hopeful as well in that way yeah. like yeah. some of the stories are quite sort of upsetting because you don't want to believe that 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 
things like this happen. Like that there is not no, in our Canada. No, absolutely not. Right. <laughs> like you want to be in your like little yeah. sheltered world of like everything yes. is great and people are treated with dignity and respect across the board. Mm-hmm. And I would never expect this to happen, et cetera, et cetera. But we need to sort of open our eyes and be like, well, you know, it is happening. And the more people that know that it is happening or accept that it is happening then the more likely we would be able to, yeah, lend our voices support or even hold <laughs> space for those who need to be heard, right? Because yeah, Absolutely. you and I do come from this like sheltered privilege of we didn't need to know those things because they didn't affect us, right? No. Like we weren't in danger of that happening. So yeah. it wasn't part of our stories. It wasn't part of our narratives at all. So yeah. I think now, I mean, it was probably the time before, but- we all have to sort of take responsibility that maybe we waited a little too long, but it's never too late to start as long as you get going. I think once you, once you learn better, you need to do better, right? That's the, that's the mantra. Once you know better, you can do better. And that's, that's exactly what this book does. It teaches you how to do better. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah, I would recommend this one for sure. Yeah. Anyone that's struggling with that perspective and why, why is this happening or why are they so upset? Like the one for me was the most interesting was why were they upset about having police at a pride parade as, as a participant, right? Yeah. Like as a, a, and I thought, Oh, I don't understand this. But once he discussed it and explained it, it's like, Oh yeah, <laughs> totally get it now. So yeah, it's very good. Very but again, that's, it's, it's interesting to be able to sort of shift your position because you're in your shoes, you have your experience and you're like, well, I don't understand why that would be a problem. Like it doesn't make Mm -hmm. sense. And when it's explained to you from someone's perspective who hasn't lived sort of quote unquote, as easy existence as we have just by, you know, sort of lottery of birth, like, (laughs) um, you know, then when you do hear it from a perspective where it is, it is a big deal. And it does, like and it's explained to you and you're like oh yeah like I agree with you like it totally makes sense to me like it's it's so so eye-opening yeah it's extremely eye-opening so yeah yeah, it was it was a great read and I yeah definitely listen to it if you have the opportunity we have it on Libby I don't know if that's where you listen to it as well um but we have it on Libby and we have it um available um so what we've done is we've tried to make them as available as we can. So there shouldn't be any holds waiting uh, for Red Deer Reads titles. We have something called CPCs, which um, kicked in, I think last week, um, where if you're interested in the title, you can borrow it automatically. So the library is just like opening up copies for people. So definitely just like, if you're into it, just get into it and uh, it should be there waiting for you whenever you're ready. Woohoo! Yeah, this is kind of exciting. So before, yes. because we have two nonfictions and a fiction, I thought we could talk about the fiction as the like middle, as the as the middle of the sandwich. Sure. <laughs> the nonfiction title. Creamy filling. Yep. Yeah. So um, our fiction title that's on our shortlist this year is called Why Birds Sing um, by Nina Burkout. And um, so Nina Burkout is a poet. Uh, she has a number of works um, that have been published in her poetry. And this is her like full length novel. Um, I listened to it as well, not read by her, read by someone else. Um, but it was just the easiest for me to like get into while I was doing, you know, the rest of my life. This is definitely a book that I probably would have read, um, 
then listen to, but I still had emotional uh, moments <laughs> with the book okay. as well. Um, so it's about an opera singer who has sort of uh, flamed out on stage. She didn't rest her, you know, instrument, her voice. Uh, she went to another gig and she just blew out her voice. So then who is she? What is she um, to a husband that she hasn't really lived with that much? Um, they had sort of a whirlwind romance and now she's home and he has said now that his brother will be coming to live with them as he goes through his cancer treatments and in the meantime she needs to find some type of work to sort of keep her benefits and keep her sort of in her agent's mind and you know all that kind of stuff while she heals so she starts teaching whistling to a group of like it's it's like a group of random people that would never have had anything in common otherwise. Right. But they come together through this one interest. And so her brother-in-law and his bird um, eventually join their group as he's healing um, and going through treatments of cancer. And it's about her marriage. It's about her friendship and relationship with her brother-in-law that she never knew before. It's about this bird who is, drawn as like a full character um so devoted to her owner Tariq and then it's also about these other people in this whistling group and why they ended up there and why they continue to come right um so it is it's you can tell she's a poet because of how she uses language um so it's a beautifully written book for sure um I cried more than once. Um, It's very like, for me, it was very emotionally resonating in some very particular parts. And I don't want to use spoilers for anyone. So once, you know, we're done and read your reads is over and, and anyone wants to know, hit me up on Twitter and I will tell you uh, uh, the spoilers if you so wish. Um, But it was, it was a beautiful book. And I, I think it's sort of a smaller book by like a, a lesser known author than perhaps uh, the other two in terms of profile, but what a beautiful addition to the Red Your Reads uh, trio of, of shortlisted titles. I would definitely recommend um, either listening to it or reading it, whatever sort of strikes your fancy. I don't think you get anything special by listening to it versus like Desmond's book, for example. Uh, but still the narrator is lovely and a really good fit for the language that's used in the novel. So I would, you know, recommend it's a lovely listen as well. Um, It's just a really, it was a really nice book and I don't want to like oversell it or undersell it um, because I don't have a quote unquote favorite. They all have a special place for me, but it was just, it was surprising because it wasn't a book that I would have picked up if not for Red Deer Reads. And I think that's a like it for a lot of people probably. It's like not this book in particular, but read your reads in general, probably showing books that you wouldn't otherwise maybe pick up or engage with. Absolutely. Um, yeah. To me, that's the same thing as any book club, whether it's the Red Deer Community Book Club mm-hmm. or if it's your, you know, your neighborhood book club or whatever. That yeah. it always pushes you to a little to out of your comfort zone. That little comfort zone. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And read things that you never would pick and yeah it expands your mind and I think that's the best part about Red Deer Reads is it brings so many different 
um, types and flares and styles to yeah. to my own personal, you know, space. And I appreciate that so much about it. Yeah, I agree. So definitely get into that. And there's something about the cover. It's very simplistic, but there's mm-hmm. something about it, about the colors used, the graphicness of the title that every time I see it, it catches my attention again. Um, and I'm just looking at it here um, on my phone from the audiobook cover, and it's catching my attention yet again. Uh, nice. So our last title, uh, which was the Canada 2019, Canada Reads 2019 um, winner, was by chance alone, or is by chance alone, um, by Max Eisen. And so this one is another nonfiction title, and it is a memoir of his experience um, in Auschwitz. So as a young teenager, I think he's 15 years old when he's first um, sent to Auschwitz. And his, you know, his recollections of what it, it was like there and how he was able to, you know, overcome and, and come to Canada and, and what that means. So his, the subtitle of that book So it's by chance alone. And the subtitle is A Remarkable True Story of Courage and Survival at Auschwitz. And like, so I'm one of these people, I don't know if you're the same, Shannon. Typically, I I never engage with anything about World War II or Auschwitz. I find it really, really hard. My grandparents are from Germany and Poland. They emigrated here in the early 50s. So they lived through the war um, there. And just, you know, hearing stories growing up and and how it was for them. I never engaged with it. It just felt too, like, yeah, it felt too personal in some ways, even though it wasn't about me, but I, you know, like, I don't know if some people have read the book thief, but the girl in the book thief, Liesl is the same age that my Oma would have been during the war. And so that was extremely hard to get through. So I've always just avoided. Um, I know a lot of like sort of firsthand stories and I've just avoided (laughs) and I'm the opposite so I find it so intriguing and so interesting and I find all of those stories about the you know extreme of the human spirit like yeah just inspires me to to know more and oh I loved it I I yeah all about it I've read lots of different books nonfiction, fiction I'm just I'm drawn I'm so drawn to that topic yeah for, well, for the same reason. it's yeah. very raw and it's very opening and it's very yeah it's hard re- yeah it's very hard and it's highly like it is engaging because in whichever way that you come at it whether it's from like um you know like a personal experience or if it's from hearing about something or if it's from just how do people how do people get there how do people treat other people like this how do people overcome being treated like this um it's it was a really interesting read I read it at the end of last week and again would not have read it if not for being on read your reads just because I always avoid that's just what I do um but I I definitely cried a lot like I cried a lot and um it's just it has a few parts and you you feel I read this one I didn't listen to it I don't know how the audiobook is um but you feel his emotion on the page just with the words that he chooses to describe that moment or like his last conversation with his father. Um, 
Yeah. It's, it's hard hitting, right? And, and yeah. those topics should be because that, I mean, it deserves that weight. This subject yeah. deserves that weight. So it shouldn't be surprising that it'll bring out all the feels, right? Like that it should, if it's yeah. worth its weight as a book, I haven't read it yet. So I'm, I'm on the wait list, but uh, yeah, I mean, any of those that are any good at delivering that message should come with a pretty hefty punch, I would say. Yeah. Yes. And like, it goes back to this thing that I remember my friend saying to me years ago when we were watching a movie and I, I found it very upsetting. It was the movie Fury. I don't know if you remember, uh, if you're familiar with it, but it's about these World War II tankers and they're stuck in this tanker and you're watching this and it's really distressing to watch. And it's very realistic, I feel like, in his portrayal of war. And I said to him after it was over, I said, that was upsetting to watch. And he said, imagine having lived it. So I felt the same way reading this book. It was upsetting to read, like imagine having lived it. And like in the yeah. moment, not really being able to process because you have to get to the next day or you have to get to the next hour. You can't yeah. be like, you know, this is it. And no. it's, it's, it brings up that sort of interesting thing of like what does sort of break people is you're sort of going through your whole life hoping you don't hit the thing that breaks you. And yep. for some people it's this and for some people it's that. And it like, you can't tell what it is. So for, for Max Eisen and, and others like him, survivors of Auschwitz who went on to, you know, tell the world about what happened in their stories and the strength to, he even now as a quite older gentleman, you know, visits with schools and has gone back to memorials and really like shares his story uh, like all across Canada. Um, the the sort of the gift that he gives of learned knowledge without the rest of us hopefully ever having to experience that level of trauma is invaluable yeah it's history to learn from it's history to do better from yeah it's and there's not very many of them left right no. as we go forward the the years slip away and you only live so long and pretty soon there aren't going to be any living survivors left. Yeah. And then the message I think becomes different, right? Because you're not yep. hearing it from the person who like, like lived Max it. who lived it. So his words are raw. Sometimes they're angry. Sometimes it's desolate. Sometimes it's, you know, yeah. at the end, sometimes it's hopeful, but to hear it from the person who experienced it is is quite different than to, you know, hundred years from now, hopefully humans Absolutely. are still, you know, learning and being better <laughs> way right. after we're gone, but it, it, it will hit differently in the same way that when we hear about things from, you know, the 1800s hits differently to us now it's, Absolutely. we're not as connected to it. Right. So no. I do, again, all three are excellent books in their own ways. And I think hit very different boxes for the readers. Um, depending on just like your moment, like what, what's happening to you in that moment, or how does it speak to you in that moment, which I think is a great mix of titles, really. Well, and I think the Max Eisen book and Desmond Cole's book, both in their own way, very differently, of course, can speak to sort of the climate that's happening right now. Yeah. 
right? Like it, it brings up a lot of heavy, hard topics. How did we get here? How, how, right? Like some of us don't realize, you know, um, that privileges and rights of others are, are being taken away. Right. And certainly, um, that's opening in itself. And to just stand by some on some of that is, is, getting you to that point where, you know, you really don't want to be. And I, yeah, I think that that's, it's good. It's good for us to have that reminder that, you know, yeah, it's something that happened a long time ago, but it It didn't happen long enough ago. Right. It's ever present. Yeah. Ever present because it's just one little step after another getting closer to a a place where you really don't want to be. Yeah. Yeah. They're powerful. it is telling yeah but I'm very glad that I did read it I mean it was a lot of crying there were many kleenexes like even now I'm sure some of you heard that I was choked up Shannon (laughs) saved me just a few minutes ago um but like even trying to you know talk to my mom about it you know you just immediately get choked up and it's it's very emotional but I don't think that like it's it's heartbreaking but it it provides hope. And I think that that's his message is this happened. We don't need to stay here. We need Mm -hmm. to learn from this. We need to share this, but like, I love the end. Um, I don't think this is a spoiler, uh, but he shows a picture of his wife and himself and his two sons um, as older people. His sons look to be perhaps in their fifties. So like he went on to basically live a full life and and that this happened to him was horrific and traumatic, but he was able to find kindness and acceptance, um, luckily here. Um, but, you know, hopefully other people uh, that survived found kindness and acceptance elsewhere as well. So, yeah, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, it's, it's nice, like you said, to have a well-rounded offering in yeah. this book, right? Reggie Reads is offering you a little bit of everything. And uh, I think, yeah, that, that makes, that makes it a a hard vote to cast. It does. It does. I haven't voted yet because, oh, but like that one had this or, oh, that one or, you know, whatever. I think it will be very, I think it'll be a close one. And um, all three are deserving in their own ways. So it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out. Um, As part of the format for 2021, we will be having um, what we are calling champions for the books. So this month, June, uh, we are championing um, By Chance Alone by Max Eisen. So we'll have a Facebook Live. Uh, there'll be some information to come uh, in a couple of weeks time. And then in July, we will be championing I, I find it very difficult to say championing, 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 championing. <laughs> uh, the skin we're in by Desmond Cole. And then in August uh, we'll be featuring why birds sing by Nina Burkow. So please like look for those lives and engage with the books and those times when we can, I won't say too much about what those lives will bring, but there will be some excellent surprises. So just come and join the conversation or join the conversation later because you can <laughs> so it's kind of like going to three different book clubs basically <laughs> different yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, which is basically. really great. It's yeah, it's an opportunity to discuss it on a on a deeper level. And you'll get to meet the champions for each of the ones, and then yeah. um, the winner will be chosen. Well, the women will be revealed because you, right. the community, will choose. Uh, so chooses. It will be revealed in September. Uh, September is cultural days um, in Alberta, so uh, we are doing in combination with many other uh, Red Deer. Uh, businesses and nonprofits. There's always a celebration of the arts in September. So we will be participating once again and we will be revealing the book that Red Deer chose in September. So you'll have uh, up, you know, up until the end of the summer to read with them or engage with them in some way and then vote for your favorite, the, the one that you'd like to see. We will be inviting the author for a visit in October, uh, much like we've done in the past. October is Canadian Library Month. That's why October is chosen for our sort of big Red Deer Reads finale, in case people were wondering. Um, so it's really exciting. It's an it, exciting program. And it feels like we're back to like, sort of regularly scheduled library programming in some ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and it, it's, it gives you something, a bit of enthusiasm too. And even if like, I, you always wonder, what does the future hold? Because yeah. nobody seems to know about these yeah. different waves that show up or whatever. But yeah. no matter what, you can still, even if it, for whatever reason, the library is not even open or we're not able to do all the things that we want to do, yeah. you can still read the books. Yeah. You can still join in the community book talks and the championing of each title, and you can still be part of it. So no matter what happens, this is still something you can count on. So yes. to me, that's lovely because there's so much in my world right now that's like, well, I don't know what September's going to look like. Or yeah. I don't know, you know, so yeah. I don't even need to listen to that because this is still going to happen <laughs> no yeah. matter what. Just the format might be different, but who cares? It's still happening. Yes. And I'm excited to get on board and read all the titles and be part of those conversations because, yeah, uh, yeah it's my community and I get to talk to people. And you're right. Regularly scheduled programming is back. <laughs> yeah. And it feels sort of exciting again to because we do call this Red Deer Reads a community wide book club. And obviously the library is here for their community or our community at all times. Yeah. Uh, like that is our sort of raison d'etre. But it's different when you rally behind books on this type of scale. Right. Um, so I'm really looking forward to our sort of summer months of championing. I'm at this point, I have no favorites. Whichever wins of September, I will be just as excited when we have our author event, however that looks, maybe in person. I mean, hopefully in person, but even if it's yeah. virtual, it's exciting. It's very exciting. Yes. And it's yeah. community-wide and just engage, listen, read, talk to us, tweet us. You can tweet the library at rdpl.org, uh, at rdpl. Um, you can you know go to our Facebook page and talk about it. You can talk to us about it. Shannon's on Twitter. I'm on yep. Twitter. Like, just talk about it. Champion your favorite. Like, Absolutely. get one. Tell us, tell us which one's your favorite. Who do you want, um, you know, people to vote for? So yeah. just get in on it. It's, it's just fun. It's, and well, then even just talking to your friends or other people in the community that may not be really associated with the library so much, yeah. it's still a platform for you to have that so conversation about yeah. something specifically with Desmond Cole's book, because it's, it's au courant. It's happening yeah. right now, right? Like yes. it's, 
it's there. It's it's in the news. It's part of our lives right now. So um, yeah, it just it it's a way to interact with other people through books. And yep. you're right, like library communities for sure. But anyone, all any people. absolutely, and like the library is trying to make it very accessible to get all your titles. So we have ordered extra titles, like paper copies, like physical items of all of these titles. Our digital titles are available to be borrowed by the CPCs that I was talking about earlier. So get into them however you can, um, you know, encourage friends and family who maybe are like, oh, I'd like to read them, but I don't really want to be on a wait list. You know what? You should be good to go. We have lots of copies coming. I just saw today on Biblio Commons. We have many, many copies that are in our basement, getting our stickers on and we'll be That's up on the shelves. Because I am yeah. on a wait list right now for one of them. I was yeah. like, please, 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 come on, come on, nope. come on. They're a coming, they're a coming. Nice. So good. yeah, so it's definitely something to get into. Read one, read them all. Don't read yeah. any, what sounds good to you. Wait till the winner's revealed and read that one. It's totally up to you. You're still part of the conversation. You're still part of the group. That's right. Yeah. You don't have to have read it. I think that's the most brilliant part because it doesn't really matter. (laughs) You're just part of the community conversation then. And and we just want you to be part. So yeah. Even if you're just a listener, a lurker, just just be part. (laughs) Yeah. If you're not a reader, if you don't really, if you're not engaged, it's not your year, maybe. Maybe you can't get into whatever. Maybe it's not. So just, just be part of it just support the community that is sort of excited for all of these titles and and yeah. you know share the message and just get into just get into reading or just get into listening yeah, just hang out great. yeah I agree it's fun for all it is it is fun for all and I don't know I'm really excited about this year and I think it is because 2020 was so lonely yeah. like a lone year <laughs> like it was yeah, very we, we we're yeah. out the other end I feel like maybe yeah. we are I hope I, but I don't know there's just like, like that yeah there's like a light at the end of the tunnel yeah. that maybe isn't a train maybe it's just a nice yeah. sunny day <laughs> <laughs> oh cross my fingers yeah <laughs> oh. so before we leave you guys today uh we will be doing our regular reading watching and listening yeah. um yes. which I love doing and like today yeah. I'm actually prepared for <laughs> I have to be prepared because I don't always remember what I've read so honestly I have to go back to my checkout history and go oh, right I read that book in the last two weeks or in the last month or however yeah. it's long since I've been doing it because I don't know about you Claire but being uh, a library staff I have access to too many titles I can see too many really awesome covers oh yeah I, or even patrons at the door when they're coming to pick up their books they're like oh have you read this you should it's so great and so then they <laughs> add one more to my list and there's just so many books I think I was yeah. talking to you last time about that how I really have to pare down how many books I take home because getting through them all is almost impossible so why am I carting them home and yeah. any it's strategy on the off that chance. I- I'm the same as you it's on the off chance that like I just feel like if I don't bring them home, I will absolutely be the person that's like, oh, I wish I had that one at home. I feel like reading that one right now. (laughs) But no matter what strategy I try to employ to to sort of streamline my whole reading process, it doesn't work. I just have stats (laughs) and it's just always by random. So I I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how to help that, but (laughs) I have to stay on top of it to actually report here. So it's so true. 
All right. So um, <laughs> I, I've been doing a lot of self-help, which is, it's always my sort of go-to. I always love it if I'm in crisis or not. <laughs> I still gravitate towards those books. But one of the the things that has been coming up a lot on my Instagram feed and even Twitter, depending on on some of the days, is morning routines, how people, successful people, structure their morning or their day um, to advance whatever they're trying to do, whether it's being more mindful or if it's being more prolific in their business or, or whatever they're trying to pursue, um, or if it's just making more time for themselves or, or whatever it is. And um, I remember I went to uh, an author um, conversation and one of the questions from some of the people around the table were, what does your morning routine look like as far as writing? How do you get the writing? And almost all of the authors that were uh, asked I'll start at ungodly hours of the morning <laughs> with their writing because it's the only way to assure that they can devote the time for time it before mm. life gets too busy. And it, it's authors who had children, authors who had other jobs, authors who are retired or whatever. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't even matter, but it, it's very much, yeah, getting up early, starting a routine. So I'm reading my morning routine by Benjamin Spall. And where he has interviewed a lot of different people, very successful people about what they do um, in the morning before they start their day. So that's been very interesting. Nice. Um, And the other one that I was reading is called The Art of the Impossible. It's another nonfiction. Uh, The subtitle is A a Peak Performance Primer. So how does one achieve the impossible? And oh. there is a formula. There is a formula. And he has done the research to go. It involves in. math. Nope. Psychologically, okay. <laughs> the things, the steps that need to happen in order to rally the energy around you, because we all, we all have that flow when we're yeah. doing something we love and we're inspired to do, and we're passionate about, you could do it for hours and hours and hours without yeah. it feeling hard. Right. Yeah. It, it becomes very easy to do. And he talks about how to get there, how to build mm. towards that. So all the things that you're doing in your day or your life at that time, move you towards trying to achieve that impossible that everyone says, Oh, that's impossible. But no, it, it, there's a, a specific formula for it to get there. So it's been very good, actually. Even if I feel like even if I do one of the 10 things he recommends, I'll still be closer to going to the thing that I need. And as everyone knows, the thing that I need is to work on my book to get it published. So <laughs> this is this is me trying to um, get to the routine that. to get there. <laughs> yes. yes. So I'm trying. I'm working yeah. on it and I'm arming myself with education but you know reading a million books to <laughs> to inspire you maybe isn't always the, the best way to go about it maybe just doing the thing would be helpful but whatever we're not there yet so yeah that's fine. yeah that's you're laying fine. the groundwork like that's let's right. not be reading yeah exactly <laughs> we're only in june we're halfway yeah. we got six more months come on <laughs> Anyway, that's what I've been reading. What have you been reading, Claire? I have been reading. So the book that I just finished yesterday is called Dream Spinner by Kristen Ashley. So she's a romance (laughs) author who started as a uh, independent author and she was just publishing on Kindle. 
And she just created this readership where she ended up on like the USA Today bestselling um, author page. And then like since then has had so many series. So Dream Spinner is her third in her Dream Team series. And it's a spinoff from another series that she has, which is the Rock Chick series. And Mm -hmm. my favorite series from her, though, is Colorado Mountain series. In particular, the I think it's the third book. It's called Breathe. I I really like her. She writes in first person narrative for her female characters, and then it's juxtaposed with her male characters, which are third person chapters. Um, So you get a little bit of both. She's very like alpha hero um, and usually a very strong woman as well. Like that, you know, uh, she's there's strong woman, but like, you know, soft when she needs to be or or soft for him type of thing, you know. Um, It's just, it's my favorite. She's like, to me, she's like the contemporary of like what Diana Palmer was like 30 years ago. Nice. Just like everything I want where like the hero is like so alpha that like 20 years from now, people are going to be like, "Mm, that's problematic. But like, (laughs) and like, we all know how I feel about Diana Palmer, which is I love her forever and always. Um, So I just, I hunted for this book. It was so hard to find in paper. Um, So I finally found it at London Drugs last week and I was very excited. (laughs) Good for you. I think, you know, you like what you like and you shouldn't ever apologize for it. I, it's what, you like and that's it there's yeah. no right or wrong yeah. yeah there's no like I tweeted this quote from my favorite one of my favorite drag queens Katya Zamalachikova uh mm-hmm. which is it's 2021 we don't have time for guilty pleasures just like what you like like yeah. who cares I fully agree because yeah. it, it's not about you know what you should or shouldn't do it's just what you like yeah I'm not that's hurting it. anyone no nope. not hurting anyone by writing it we're good to nope. go yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah that's my and like obviously I read the read your reads books last year but or last week excuse me uh but we already talked yes. about those so exactly yeah I, I had a little Sunday romance day <laughs> nice well you have to especially when like those read your reads books there's some of them are heavy it's heavy yeah. heavy you need that light juxtaposition just to offset some of the heavy. And I can often do that too. I'll get really into the self-help, the nonfiction and, and just, oh no, now you need fluff and just like brain candy. Yeah. Yes, you do. I think that's yeah. really important. Yeah. You in books have to eat the balanced books. meal. <laughs> you, can yeah, have the exactly. candy. you can have the candy guilt-free. Like. Yes, <laughs> I think so. I think that's important. So yeah, no, I applaud that. For sure. 100%. What are you watching? I finished Handmaid's Tale season two. And I oh. I think I've been talking about this probably for the last three podcasts I was on. It's taken me a long time to get through <laughs> them. It just feels because it's so uh, ominous and it's triggering. So some of the people yeah. in my house can't be around while I'm watching it. So I have to have very selective times where I'm watching. Um, and it has to feel right too. Um, yeah, you have to be in the mood for that type of show. That's not just uh, put it on the background show. Exactly. And <laughs> I have a very bright living room. So if, if I want to watch a very dark show, I can't <laughs> even see what's happening on the screen if it's during the day. So it has to, it's very, very specific when I can watch this show. So I finally just blitzed the end of season two this weekend. I stayed up super late and just got it done. And um, 
I enjoyed it. I have to say, oh my gosh, I am a, I'm a fan. I was, I'm already a fan of Margaret Atwood, but I, I'm a super fan of The Handmaid's Tale and especially the second season because it's off book, right? It's not, yeah. she didn't write this. She consulted on this one for sure, but she didn't write it. And I think it's taken a really great bend. Um, and just the final scene was just this look in her eyes that was pure determination. And I thought, Oh, here we go. Like <laughs> to me, it just revved the engines and I, I can't wait for season three. Ready and raring. Oh yes. But I also thought that it was a very interesting, I just started to look at Gilead and I don't know for those that are familiar, it's this new state that has come that um, employs handmaids mm-hmm. and it does a whole lot of other schwack of things um, against, you know, human rights that we think of them as today. And I think Gilead is very similar maybe to what we're dealing with politically and socially in our country right now with, you know, our, our unmarked grave findings, you know, at the residential school and all that that's kicking up in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and as we kind of talked about with Desmond Cole to the, you know, Black Lives Matter movement and uh, all of it just is swirling around. And it's, to me, it, it paired very closely with some of the feelings I was getting from The Handmaid's Tale and, and how, you know, they are starting to organize within mm-hmm. themselves and, and starting to go, oh, wait a minute, we, we can, even though it's very dangerous, and maybe, you know, it's a very hard fight, maybe we can start moving forward to something that doesn't look like what it looks like right now. And I feel like Canada's right there. And I, I feel like we can maybe start to, even though it's difficult, we can yeah. start moving towards something that looks better for everyone in it. And yeah. I, I just feel like, yay. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. So yeah, you know, I, I felt like there was a lot of similarities there and I thought, Oh, how interesting for me. Right. Like it yeah. just, um, yeah. So that was good. Nice. That's what I finished watching. What about you? I was super into Mayor of East Town. Did you watch this on HBO <laughs> slash Crave? So it no. was one that released every Sunday evening. And oh. it was um, it was a murder mystery, but it was also just about this small town sort of ravaged by opioids and what it means to like stay in this small town where there's not re- that many opportunities. And the lead character, Mayor, uh, is played by Kate Winslet. And she it opens with, a young girls, I think 17 years old, a young mom um, being murdered in the woods. And so at the same time, there is missing girls. So it's like, are these related cases? Are these different cases? Um, acting performances, absolutely brilliant. Um, the who done it part, heartbreaking. Like just, it was so good. I wake up really early with my dog now in the mornings. So I watched the final episode before work last Monday. And nice. that was a mistake because I was crying so much by the time I got to Timberlands at nine o'clock. I just felt like my eyes were super puffy. But like oh. what a phenomenally done show. Just like great writing, great casting, great performances. I was enthralled and I think like I always want to binge right like I always want the next episode the next episode I think I appreciated this one a little bit more because I had to sit with the episode over the week you were so 
yeah, there were so many things happening, so many characters, and like it is focused on like who done it, but then there's also these side plots where you're like, well, how does this fit in? Why are we focusing on that? Um, that type of thing. And I always on Monday afternoons listened to the watch podcast, which is about TV. And as mayor of East town was going on, the last half of their podcast was to discuss the previous night's episode. So I got really into that. So yeah, yeah, it feels like you're sort of watching with someone that, you know, you'd be like, Oh, what are your theories? Like, (laughs) like, how do they like go up against mine? And like, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I really, really enjoyed that experience. And then for the first time in my life, I am watching Seinfeld. Oh, like I never watched Seinfeld. I always thought that like I hated it and whatever. I started to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. And then I was like, oh, fine. I'll watch Seinfeld because I just need like a background show. And then now I'm like seven seasons deep in like an embarrassingly short amount of time. oh Oh, I'm having a little bit of an age crisis right now that (laughs) you're just watching it well like it was always playing in like the 90s and like early 2000s right because it was like in syndication and I watched like every single episode of friends and like all that kind of stuff which I would say is like a temporary of that show um but like I always I don't know maybe because I was too young I like didn't get it like there was there was just like nothing there for me so I was just like I don't get it like these are like, you know, quote unquote old people. Cause I would have been like, you know, 10 to 14, True. like doing nothing like, woo. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, so you're just living my life. Basically is what you're doing. <laughs> yes. Like, well, that's what I felt like when Seinfeld came out. I was like, oh my gosh, how do they know this about yeah. me? <laughs> but, yeah, I think I, it's super funny. I even did the George Costanza experiment with, I don't know if you've seen the episode yet where he says yes to everything he normally would say no to to try to change his yeah so I did that I actually (laughs) (laughs) it was very interesting little experiment and funnily enough it turned out exactly the way it does for George but it's it I was like oh wow this is like a social experiment a psychological (laughs) little (laughs) it's it's I don't know I I definitely uh resonated with Seinfeld I I thought it was hilariously funny but yeah I like it it now and it is interesting um because so I watched it on Crave and they have had some like disclaimers before some episodes because like what was okay in the 90s is less okay you know 25 years later um there was one episode where the entire episode I'm watching it and I could not understand why the disclaimer was ahead of it because it doesn't tell you specifically what it's for but it's just basically like a cultural disclaimer and I'm like I don't like I'm watching it and I'm like I don't get it I don't get it I don't get it and then at the end someone's in blackface and I was like I get it I get it now (laughs) yeah like I understand why we had this disclaimer um but yeah the whole episode I'm like I don't understand I don't understand yeah where are we headed where are we headed here yeah Yeah. oh isn't that interesting yeah especially right now my goodness well the disclaimer in general like because not yeah. all the episodes have it. So every once in a while, there's just like this random disclaimer. And I'm like, oh, what are we going to get into 90s? <laughs> like, what are we doing? And, and, and what an interesting, you know, right now with all this cancel 
culture going on and all of that sort of topic of conversation. And there's so many different opinions in the pool about all of it. And, yeah. you know, that, yeah, to disclaim, you know, that this, this is, was a thing, this, this has been, and this was okay at the time. Well, it was quote unquote, okay. Allegedly. I, like this is the thing, right? Like, yeah. and there's so much to say about all of that. So yeah. very oh, yeah. interesting. Very it's a interesting. Huge conversation. What are you listening yeah. to before we go? Oh, yep. Yeah. Um uh Spotify. And Ooh. I was so intrigued by the handmaid's tale. The the ending, every time they ended an episode, there was this really great music. So I actually downloaded the soundtrack to Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> nice. And I've been kind of listening to it and one would think it's really dark and heavy it's I was not, gonna say uplifting tunes are they <laughs> it's, it cannot be called uplifting but it's chill <laughs> and so I was cooking yesterday afternoon and just passing around in my kitchen and just listening to it it was very chill and relaxing and just it was lovely so I don't know it's not what you think how about that I'll have to look it up I'll have to yeah. look it up I'm going to highlight quickly two audiobooks. Uh, one is called Killers of the Flower Moon by David Gran. And the subtitle on that one is The Osage Murders and the Birth of the FBI. And I listened to it on Libby as I was painting, uh, not last weekend, but the weekend before. It's really, really interesting. And it's actually going to be a movie. It's Martin Scorsese's next movie. Um, that he's going to be doing. So I thought, oh, I'll listen to it before I um watch it because I obviously will watch it I'm a movie fan um so it's a non-fiction one it was really well done it has I listened to it so it had three narrators um one of them being Will Patton who is an actor that I always enjoy seeing but he's not like super super famous but he's in lots of stuff that I really really like he's in like Armageddon and Return of the Titan or Remember the Titans um and some other things really good and then one of our co-workers actually had this book it's called the night swim by megan golden and when i looked it up it's about a podcast host who's in her third year i think of her very successful true crime podcast and so she needs to find you know what's the next crime that she's going to sort of highlight on her podcast so she decides to listen to a contemporary like it's happening at the time rape trial and give sort of her podcast you know as an as an ongoing thing instead of going to a cold case which she had previously done um so there's lots of great discussion in there about like consent about this small town about something that happened to someone a young woman there some 20 years ago and how it maybe ties to what's happening now and then every sort of third chapter you get a little podcast episode so it has Ooh. like music and it sounds like a little podcast episode and I was just in love with the format of it. Very so interesting. I, yeah. Like if you're into like sort of true crime and like audio books, but you want like a fictional take on it, like this, it was so good. It's called the night swim. And yeah, I loved it. Like the director, like producers of that audiobook, really thought about how that book needed to sound um, in order to be the most successful it can be. And it just, it was so good to listen to really, really good. Oh. That's entertaining. I love it. Yeah. And uh, I made one of our coworkers listen to it as well. She also enjoyed it. And our other coworker is still going to read it because she had the book. So I, I wonder what her experience will be with the book versus our the experience paper. with the audio. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm interested interesting. in that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that brings so us to the end. 
the end of our Red Deer Reads 2021 podcast. Yay! <laughs> Better than the first one. Exactly. <laughs> so thank you all for joining us. Um, you can go back and listen to our first ever podcast, Red Deer Reads 2019, if you feel so inclined. Um, and then come on back and listen to this one again so that it's fresh in your ears versus our other one. Perfect. That's what we want. Ever, so, ever better, ever onward. Exactly. Ever better, ever onward. That's, I like that, Shannon. That should be our motto. <laughs> it, maybe it should be part of the yeah. story. Ever better, ever onward. <laughs> so get into these titles. Um, let us know what you think. As always, you can tweet the library at RDPL. You can tweet me at what CC. You can tweet Shannon at Shan. Laron. Laron. Um, yep. If you can't find Shannon, find me and I'll hook you up with Shannon. <laughs> um, but again, thank you guys for joining us. And we'll be back in two weeks time with our season finale. That's right. I'm yeah. excited. So we'll, we'll, well, you guys will hear us next time. I always say see you next time. But like no one's seeing yeah. us. It's a it's lie. Nice. Yeah, huh? it's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so until next time, everyone, take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.